One does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. Carl Jung. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beyond the Mad podcast, hosted by Emmanuel Clauser and Jared Rowan. A space for you to transcend your yoga beyond your mat and into your life. Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday. Hey, guys. Happy Thursday. (sighs) We are at a point in time where Taylor Swift has come out with the new album. So Jared is a new person. I'm a new person. I it has been stressful. Manu and I were catching up (laughs) this week, but I have have enjoyed the album. I've been listening to it in the morning, in the evening, in the car. Stop song. I think we should both, both do that. Oh yeah, we should. And okay. I'm having a hard time, but in this top spots are bejeweled midnight rain for sure. And thou mastermind, but I think the pots, the the top spot is gonna have to be Midnight Rain. I love the the thought distortion and I love the it's funny we're talking about darkness because it's about sunlight and midnight, the metaphor of that. So which one of you vibed hardest on? Well, so I I told you this when like the album first came out, but like when I listened to on your you're on your own kid, I cried. So I have to put that number one that has to be and it changed a lot because I listened to the album a couple of times and right now I think it's Bejeweled and Maroon oh my god Maroon is rough it's rough (laughs) (laughs) that's that's the one everybody's talking about that like guts you yeah but Bejeweled is so fun. And, you know, there's a whole dance on TikTok. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, no, I don't have TikTok. But oh. yes, Bejeweled is, is a vibe. I love it. So I sent a text to Jared yesterday and I was like, I'm ready to get the barats with my name, like my initials on it. And I was like, if I find them, I will get them for you. But you have no hair. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. I know. Um, but yeah, so it is a good week for us, even though we're both dealing with stuff. Uh, and I love the, the quote that Emmanuel came in on by Carl Jung really talks about the topic. And Emmanuel was like, is it Carl Jung or Carl Jug? Because it's J-U-N-G-U-J-U-N-G. And I told her to save this for the podcast because I was teasing you. Yeah. And when I am a therapist and I should know who Carl Jung is, but listen, the funny story I told Emmanuel, I was going to save it for the podcast was I was probably practicing for like eight years. And there was this really smart girl, Jamie, who I supervised. She was like from NYU, brilliant therapist, but I supervised her for her license. And I was like, listen, there's this guy, Carl Jung, (laughs) that talks about the shadow self. And she said, do you mean Carl Jung? And I'm like, oh my God, I've been saying Jung for forever. And she's like, I know, you know, you you pronounce things wrong. I go, oh my God, is that stupid? She goes, I find it endearing. Well, see, she put a good spin on it for you. Yeah, but um, it's Carl Jung. That's why I said it. I was like, Jared (laughs) is going to get a kick out of that. 
Um, but it is a heavy off the mat topic today. So we were, we were brainstorming like this idea of darkness or the, or the unconscious. And we were really like thinking, how does it relate to yoga or how does it come up? Um, and what were you thinking, Emmanuel? When we were saying, yeah, it's interesting because oftentimes the topics that we choose, they start on the mat and we work to take them off the mat and to translate it to life. And when we came up with this one and we were going over the show notes, I was like, we have a lot of stuff that's off the mat, but we kind of have to do the backward work and put it on the mat and see how the practice can inform darkness. And when we mean darkness, it could be translated to either the shadow self or the ego. And it's not meant to be something that's necessarily super negative. Right. So what I was thinking and what we were discussing beforehand was that yoga in itself especially if we refer to the physical practice, which is mostly what we talk about, even though we know there's like seven other limbs of it, um, is a tool that we can use to tap into. And I like the verbiage that you use to spark, to create a spark. So tap into spark, observe what's going on in, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? subconscious you're conscious. and yes that's the <laughs> i'm making gestures with my hand at the camera <laughs> like behind my head and jared's like subconscious i was like yes that's the word i'm looking for exactly so the practice of asana is a tool that we can use to observe what's going on in our subconscious and oftentimes if we can be present enough we'll find some patterns examples of that could be How am I talking to myself when the practice or the shape gets challenging? How am I letting my mind behave in Shavasana? Do I have my eyes wide open and I can't relax? Am I completely disconnected? I'm drifting off. Do I have my eyes closed, but I'm making a list of everything that I need to do and I'm already checked out? And again, not to say that one's better than the other, but we start to be an observer and we say, huh, I can never close my eyes in Shavasana. Which, by the way, that was something in my when I went to my first teacher training, it was a one month and only the last three days I let myself close my eyes. The, for I, the Before that, I just wouldn't. Interesting. So my, my husband does that. Really, so, Matt? This is- more I was like all in from the beginning, which is so my personality. But I'm like, eyes closed. <laughs> um, but yeah, he doesn't. Now I'd be like, I don't know why not. I'd, I'd be yeah. so distracted and I get so much benefit from letting right. go. But at first it just wasn't something that was natural for me. And I was like, how interesting. Cause I yeah. was kind of looking around. I was like, oh my gosh, everyone's got their eyes closed, <laughs> you know? And then you start to ask yourself and explore that. And as we were saying, The yoga practice itself is a place where you discover those patterns if you're willing to, because there's also a strong tendency in the current yoga atmosphere to just come in for like the very workout style. I'm going to sweat, I'm going to burn 500 calories, and I'm going to carry on with my day. And that to me is a missed opportunity to do so much more work. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the, um, 
because I was telling Emmanuel, there's like two fold to like, like how the darkness shows up in class or like how, how you unearth it. It's really, you have an opportunity, whether it be through the dialogue, you talk to yourself through the, the Shavasana inner thought through the Dharma or theme message through the music triggers that you may experience. You do have an opportunity to go a little deeper into the ego. Right. And, and sometimes people veer out of that. It's almost like I was telling Emmanuel, um, when people come to therapy, I sometimes have people that don't come back. It's too much going in. Like it, it, it scares people away. And I think yoga sometimes, a lot of the time is very surfacey for people, but the longer you do it, the more opportunity you really have to utilize it as a tool for self-care, self-discovery, self-improvement, I think. Um, and the, the metaphor I gave Emmanuel was like, yoga, the physical practice is kind of like the spark to a fuse. And then it keeps burning the fuse outside of class. And you got to keep coming back to get the spark. And then maybe eventually it burns the fuse, which creates an aha moment or like, oh my gosh, I noticed this proclivity about myself. I want to change that. Or, you know, so over time, um, pattern can, can give you the ability for insight into some of these deeper subconscious layers right yes and i think there has to be a willingness because typically people are very willing they're actually looking to be challenged physically when it comes to the asana practice but not so much to be challenged emotionally mentally they kind of i often get a pushback like oh that's not why i'm here for Mm-hmm. I'm like, actually, that's the whole practice, my friend. <laughs> and it's so, it's so, what you just said is so interesting because people are so willing to change physically mm-hmm. into that pose, but there's so much resistance to change in every other way, which is so interesting because it's like, that is not embodying the practice, right? That's doing the physical piece. Like I want to get to split. I'll change my body for split. I'll show up and I'll do it, but I don't want to change myself. And it's, I used to say to people in class, and I don't say it too much anymore, but I'm like, you know, you're all here because you don't want to stay the same. I'm like, not that we don't love you, but that you want to evolve. You want to challenge who you are. And I think that is a challenge for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's interesting that our physical body, we're so willing, like we look to change that right? in every way. We're like, I want to, like you said, hit the pose. I want to lose weight. I want to be right. more fit, more this, more that, or less stiff. And yeah, when it comes to our beliefs or our patterns, the way we interact with people or the way we react emotionally to some triggers, we're like, Mm-mm. nope, no, thank you. Which is very interesting. Um, yeah. And if you relate to that, know that you're not alone. I think that's where I started too. <laughs> I, and I've said this before in the podcast, but I used to get into pigeon and be angry. Like I, it just brought so much anger out of me. And I was very upset about it up until I let myself settle into it and process. But I was resisting it so much that I would like anticipate that pigeon was coming and then it would ruin the sequence prior because I was already ahead knowing that it was going to be a miserable time. And then you can't relax and you're completely out of the whole experience, you know? Yeah. And that's that's a good opportunity. That is a good opportunity when you have an emotion in a class. I think we've highlighted this once or twice, but 
it's a good opportunity. It's most likely about you and not what's going on in the class or the instructor. Yes, there will be quote unquote bad classes, but it's majority of what's going on with someone. Like when people come to therapy and they're bothered by someone, oftentimes it's because that someone either reminds them of, of themselves or part they don't like about themselves or about someone else. And that's an opportunity for like that quote unquote connection to the darker thought too, Mm -hmm. is like when you're having a feeling, investigate why, why that pigeon pose you want to like, you're so angry about it or like, right. Yeah. We all had that in class. I've had anger come up. I've had frustration, anxiety, you know, totally. So that is the way that we wiggled, I guess, or placed darkness, shadow work, ego on the mat into the physical practice. And then we have a plethora of ideas of how that relates to our life beyond the mat. Mm. So do you want to get started with that? Yeah, I think one that I loved when we were looking at different things for for this idea of darkness and light, but mainly looking at darkness was that I was reading some articles in preparation and I really love this article that said the path to enlightenment isn't just about light. There's also a lot of deep, dark shit that goes with it. Um, And I really loved that because I think we whitewash it a little bit. Like, you know, the path to enlightenment is like all this meditation and being kind to other people. And, but it's also coming face to face with your past, with your ego, with your attachments. Um, So I really loved that. Um, take on it. Um, and I think that, I think it spoke a little bit about, and I wrote this further down in our show notes, but like the idea of both separation and union, like, yes, we're, we're disconnecting, um, in a class, but we're also trying to unite both sides of ourselves. And when we're talking about off the mat, what we're saying is when we say your shadow self, I think it's good to like define what that is. Yeah. Um, so your shadow self, and it took me a really long time to understand this concept, but it is almost like the traits that you're not exactly proud of, quote unquote, but that you have inclinations to. So like some examples is if you're a jealous person, if you're an insecure person, if you need external validation or praise frequently, um, perfectionism, all or nothing thinking, Um, those are your shadow qualities or your, your weaknesses, quote unquote, and rather than veering away from them, we should try to integrate them. And it's, uh, like, for example, mine would probably be all or nothing and perfectionism. This is a pattern I'm working on regularly and overcommitting to things. I have failed so much at it. But I keep trying. I keep trying to integrate it into, you know, a whole thing. You don't try to remove part of yourself, right? Like you don't try to remove your negative. We we try that. We try to do that. We try to be like, I don't want to be him, right? If it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's like, you know, how do you integrate it into who you are? How can your shadow self meet your light self? And how do you create a whole with them? Um So I think that's important to recognize that we're not talking about how do you separate the two. We're talking about how you unite the two to then become a whole, a whole 
healthier, better version. Does that resonate with you? Like, how do you feel? I feel like that's a big concept, the shadow self and integration of it, but. Yeah. I think if I walk it back a little bit and Mm -hmm. take it back to the definition of it, I agree with you. It's the parts of ourselves that we maybe are not so proud of that we wouldn't necessarily share willingly. However, I do believe that in order to acknowledge those, it takes a a certain amount of like willingness to be in the process Mm -hmm. of bettering yourself. It takes some courage. And oftentimes, for my experience, it takes an outside perspective. Because it's very easy for us to talk ourselves into anything or out of anything. When we get stuck into a pattern, if you think about it, um, let's say you're walking on a path in the woods and you always walk the same path, right? Well, that trail is going to become more ingrained and more ingrained and more ingrained. And you just walk that trail, walk that trail, walk that trail. And then it becomes just the obvious path. There's no other way. This is how it is. Right? But then if you start one day, you decide to take a different way, it's going to be a little bit of a harder road for you to get through the woods because you've never walked there. So the grass is taller and there's some obstacles and rocks in the ways and you have to make an effort. Right. Um, but sometimes what it takes is someone to look at you going literally in circle in the groove that you created and say, hey, is this serving you? Right. And then comes from you. The willingness to say, hmm, maybe it's not. Right. And that's That's kind of the starting point of it. I love that you said, um, because this is beneficial for people. If you're going to look at your shadow self, there does have to be a willingness. You're right. Because what you're going to have to come to terms with is that it's okay being flawed. That that you have to come to terms with that. Um, And some of us are more deeply flawed than others, but we are all flawed. Um, But I I love that you said that. And I also really love an outside perspective because we can make anything work for the story we want to tell. Mm -hmm. And we had Abby Galvin on our podcast and she said something really poignant at one point. She said like, friends are beneficial, but you need an outside perspective to call you on your shit. Yes. And, you know, my, my patients, my clients will tell you, I do inquire, is this your stuff? Like, you know, and that's why I'm not friends with my, my clients because it would make it harder for me to call them out on things mm-hmm. because it doesn't create a formal relationship. So I love that you said having an outside perspective, if it's not a therapist, then don't, if it's a spiritual guide, if it's a mentor, you know, whatever it is, I think therapy is just so beneficial. Um, and the therapist that I, I work with, I mean, we're obviously I've been doing a lot of self-work because it's what I do for a living. I will say to her, Oh my God, I do the, I'm doing the thing that I do. And she gets it. She's like, yeah, you're over committing, you're spreading yourself too thin. Um, but that's like really leaps and bounds when you're able to have self-awareness to know what your patterns are. That's always step one. Yeah. And if, if you're not going to therapy, finding things that 
are maybe a softer way to challenge your beliefs. Sometimes it could be a book. It could be a song. It could be a movie. Hopefully it's a yoga class. If you have a good teacher, that also happens in a yoga class. Yeah. Now, as far as mine, I was thinking, because I knew you were going to ask me, you love to put me on the spot, but you put yourself on the spot today. How exciting. You're like, mine is this one. Um, I have other ones too, but we're going to keep it. We're we're going to keep keep it light. (laughs) (laughs) For lack of a better word. Um, I am a very, I think stern person is the word. Or closed off. I can be quite closed off. You and I know that. So that's something that I've been working on. And I think that I made good strides. And then I took a couple of steps back. So now I have to get back into it because I'm definitely not as open as I was a few months ago. Um, but I think that's life. Yeah. I think we, you know, being stern and being closed off is my comfort zone. Yeah. And so I have to work on it, but that's definitely a big one for me. And I think it's not to say like one of the, the, the quotes we were saying when we started this is like, um, you can't run from your demons, which is like your shadow self qualities. And, and because that gets exhausting. So if it's Gosh. like for Emmanuel, like if it's, it's the sternness, it's like, yes, be less stern, but she also doesn't want to completely lose that part of herself. Right. Like, but that, I can't like, and you, and you can't, you know, but it's saying, okay, what is this sternness that's coming out of me in reaction to what triggers me to go to that place? What are some other ways that I could potentially interact instead of coming from a place where I'm closed off? What triggers it? What can I do differently? So that ultimately it may be a challenge for me in the beginning, but my interactions with people when I'm more open are so much more valuable, not only to them, but to me as well. It makes for a better experience in general. Although I had to do work to get there and it didn't come easy to me, I found that when I let myself soften, right, be soft, be open, it helps me a lot. And that's that's something that has come back in numerous situations. Like you and I have talked about that to an extent. Like I've had that come up in two different astrology readings. This just, yeah. yeah. And I think that's a good thing to point out to people. Like if people are at home listening, like maybe reflect, take a moment. Like what are my like things that I, my parts of my personality that are, that are kind of, you know, not that attractive. Or that what are my shadow qualities? And, and we listed a bunch of examples, but um, also realize, because this is a good point, you you know, that you made me think of when you were talking about the, the sternness, um, you know, like if Emmanuel is only stern, then she's only going to get certain types of relationships. So if you only do what you've always done, you always get what you only, what you've always got, right? Mm-hmm. So if, example that I give clients a lot would be like relationships. Cause that's just, is so easy. Like if you're a very boundary oriented person, you're probably only going to date a certain type of person oftentimes. So what you're doing is you're really cutting yourself off from living a, a more nuanced mm-hmm. life, a more, you know, you're less filtered, more kind of eclectic, like we don't live in this either or world, 
where you're exactly where I was going with it. I was like, I love that you said nuance because it reminds me of the quote that we had actually in the episode, I think where we are doing uh, the polarities one where it's not, it's not, or it's not an, or world. It's an end. It's this and that it's not this or that. So for you, it's like, we don't want you to quote unquote, if, if your shadow quality and we're, again, we're keeping it light is the stern thing. We don't want you to not not be stern. We want you to also be stern and then not be stern. <laughs> be stern and be soft. Yes. And for me, it's overdo it and then underdo it. It's like it's not about me eliminating the overdoing completely. It's like, and people are probably like scratching their head, but isn't it? No, because I can't. I can't. That's a pattern, and it's not a bad thing. Um, because I don't live in an either or world. I live in a I overdo. And I take rest, not I overdo or I rest. Because I think that also sets you up for failure quite a bit. Um, you know, with, with self I just am thinking it's trying to do something that's outside your nature. And yeah. we know that human beings have the capacity to do incredible things and that you could, you can change your personality and that whatever you think or dream can materialize. But ultimately, if you wish to become something that's a hundred percent different than what you are now, it's a much bigger undertaking than if you say, I'm going to give myself grace, but I'm going to continually work on it. Yes. I'm going to observe myself as I get closed off. I'm going to notice on Wednesday, oh my gosh, I'm already tired. If I look at my Friday, I am overcommitted. Can can I move my schedule around a little bit so I can do both? I'm going to be present in the experience and realize that they're both there. And that if on one side, I'm super busy and on the other, I'm working on it, you know, we can mediate that that way. And also know that when these things come up, and that's why I started the podcast with saying it's not necessarily negative. It's not a reason for you to kind of be disappointed in yourself or in who you are, think you are less than or think that you are not whole. We all have these things that we are working on. And that's part of the human experience is to just work at them. When I, and I, yeah, I was, I mean, what I said earlier in the pod is really important. Like it starts with being able to be self-aware when you're having the, the, the thing come up, the shadow quality. And then the next step is really about course correction. So I recently, I'm reading a book by young Pablo. I think that's mm-hmm. the, yeah. the poet. it's his first book and it's called lighter and yeah. I just started it. And one of the quotes that I love was he talked about how patterns um, have been built over decades and they've been built so strongly that they've formed cement in your mind. So to break something in cement takes a lot of time so and repetition. So he talked a lot about the first step, obviously being self-awareness. The second step is course correction. It's like, be self-aware. I'm having that thought, that jealous thought but then change the course of action. Mm-hmm. And the hope is that you just lengthen the amount of time in between your shadow qualities. Maybe 
it's like that, that you're more readily able to handle life and you don't dip into that shadow self as, as much. But then, like you said, it's also having the grace that when you do fall backwards, maybe you don't stay there for as long. Yeah. You know, it's not about complete elimination, I don't think, because I don't know that that's 100% possible. I think it's more about course correcting. I like that. Yeah, I, I thought that was a great way of looking at it. The book's really quite interesting and it's on self, self-awareness and self-love. And I'm going to put it in the episode notes as with a link. I always do that. Like when we mention something, I put it in there so you can click on it. And typically it's a link to Amazon so you can check it out. So I'm going to put that in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that the real work is about that being self-aware. I just think it's so powerful. But then you said, and this isn't so much on habit change, but it's like, well, how do I break a pattern? And, and it may be that you don't break it fully. It may be that you integrate it somewhere else mm-hmm. you know, into, into your life where it's not as destructive. Um, I often work with people where it's like, how can we integrate your shadow quality into a place where it's not as harmful to your life. Right. Where can it show up? Um, And that can be tricky depending on what it is. Right. Um, But if you think of like a competitive spirit, that can be really quote unquote negative, but there are some really good opportunities to put that in life in an appropriate way. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I think it's about getting creative with, with that shadow quality and, And I think for so long too, and I don't know about you, but I tried to reject it. I tried to reject like, um, like judge, like being judgmental, let's say, because, Mm because we're like, you know, you can't non-harm is like the first one. (laughs) Uh, But I tried to, you know, I tried for so long, like I almost got upset with myself for being a judgmental person. But then, oh, I'm judgmental too, but I'm always right. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. That solves that. Um, I'm just like, kidding. But I feel like I, I now accept that we're all multifaceted and that actually we're, we're judgmental and kind. We're both <laughs> not judgmental or, you know, does that make sense? Like yeah, that it does. Of self? Yes. It's hard to look at yourself and say, hey, I do this. This is part of who I am. It's not easy. It would would be much easier if we liked everything about ourselves. And I think this episode really, even though is talking about darkness, brings a message of, of hope and of light and of comfort in saying, hey, it's okay. We all have parts of ourselves that we are not super proud of. That is part of it. What you do with it, what you have the power to do with it is endless. You can get creative. You can do whatever you want, but get on that path. Say, hey, I don't like this. I have the power to change it. How do I want to do that? And I always try to keep things upbeat, but I do want to say, and I don't, sometimes I forget what we said on air and or off air, but we, we do have a tendency to romanticize this idea of quote-unquote doing the work and it's important to know that it's not all fun and games and that when we truly embark on a journey of bettering ourselves or self-help or whatever you want to call it there are moments that can be quite challenging and And so 
And I think the spiritual path, because that's what I think it is. Yeah. Therapy, yoga, spiritual awakening is both filled with pleasant experiences and unpleasant ones. So you can't, like you said, you can't romanticize it. It's not going to be a joyful experience most of the time, but it, it is going to be worth it. It will be worth it. Always. If, you know, and, and it's in the path to healing is also often lonely. Tell me about it. <laughs> I, know. I know. And I tell people that all the time. And if you're wise, probably your social circles will change. The types of people you attract will change because you are evolving. And I don't want to say that that's always the case, but if the people around you always stay the same, it's highly unlikely that you're changing much. And hopefully if they are the same, because some people will be studied, they're also evolving and they're just such a good soul for you that you guys can change side by side and it works. Yeah. That's a, that's a rare thing to find. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Anything else? No, I think that it's just, no, I think that's good. Um, a good kind of place to end is just like for people to remember that again, the takeaway is to begin to, to look in and not in a morbid way, but just in like a curious way and notice, you know, your strengths and then maybe some of your pitfalls or your foibles and kind of begin to have maybe conscious dialogue with yourself. Like, where does this show up in my life? Um, when does it show up? And then really work on having conversation with yourself, I think is a good first step. Once you've identified what shadow qualities you might have, it's like, then start to have conscious dialogue. Like, am I doing that thing I do? And I think you can really integrate yourself well and embody change in your life by by doing that. Um, Do you have kind of any ending wisdom or any thoughts? No, I think there are two kinds of people and not to be very black and white because I don't believe in that, but we have a tendency to lean one way or another where for some people, it's very hard for them to find things that they like about themselves. And for some other people, it's very hard for them to find things that they don't like about themselves because they don't want to go that route. So I'm thinking as we're coming to a close that for the people that tend to kind of stew in like, oh, I don't like the way that I look or I'm not that smart or I'm not that fast or whatever. If you already are engaging in all of that, well, then maybe try to see how you can flip that dialogue because that in itself is a pattern. So we're not trying to encourage you further down the rabbit hole, but to notice, hey, you're just keeping yourself in that groove. Like find your light qualities, right? Yes. Yeah. That's a good point. Because I know sometimes for me, and especially in the place where I'm at right now, I've been noticing, I was just thinking of someone at home and I'm like, oh, if I have to find one more thing, I don't think I don't like about myself. I have a long list already. So, (laughs) you know, so to say, okay, well, thinking negatively of oneself is a pattern. That's a way that you communicate with yourself. And that is something that you can change. That's going to make a world of a difference in your life. And that's a good thing to remember is you are not all bad. Nobody is all bad. Mm -mm. So if you're one of those people that falls into that, it cannot be true. You are Mm -hmm. both. You are not, you know, and you're right. That is a harder 
discussion, I think. Yeah. But I just wanted to mention it because I know like from personal experience, sometimes I fall in that category. And if that podcast falls on that day for me, I'd be like, I'm going to turn this off real quick. (laughs) I like that. No, I like that. So um, just that. And that's it. Um, But let us know, guys, if you have any feedback. And I mean, we're, you know, always open to that. Or if you want to hear anything, you know, shoot us a message on Instagram or yeah, I can't believe we're more than halfway through the season. I know. It's- I sound like I'm in a tin can. I can hear myself echo back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel good about it. You know, I'm glad that we're, because the holidays will be coming up and we probably will be less available. Yeah. So, it, no, it's been good and we're really, really happy to be here. So, hopefully we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.